to the podcast i'm Corey, and i'm brian back from the dead and this hey. is the happy harvest horror show where we uh get together every single week and discuss our favorite things <laughs> and <laughs> every week we are very punctual we and very... on time and with our content creation <laughs> and uh it's been a it's been a whole week since we've seen you but uh we're glad to be back and (laughs) speaking of last week happens a lot lot happened in this last week it felt like five months but (laughs) really it was just a week it's crazy crazy how that works out uh Corey, how how spooky was your last week (laughs) how spooky was my last week did i do anything particularly spooky in the last week, I don't know. I'm reading a book about reincarnation. That's fun. That's fun. That that's yeah. too spooky. Unless you're um, reincarnated as like a beetle, that could be. That little... could be crazy. I don't know. Reincarnation. There's a lot going on there. I think there's a lot to work with. Would with you like to be reincarnated as a beetle, uh, with or without consciousness, like awareness that you're a beetle? <laughs> I think beetles do have consciousness but they yeah, have but like having the prior like memory yeah. of being a human the memory of being a, a human and then being so i actually have a theory we're going deep here i have a theory about reincarnation that animals actually were humans first and that humans are actually at the bottom of the reincarnation like like totem pole uh-huh. like we're at the we're at the very bottom and then you start getting reincarnated as other things but once you're reincarnated as an animal, you can't communicate all you, like that. Everything you, you know. Yeah, you can't communicate everything that you know. So mm-hmm. humans are just running around doing their stupid human shit while animals are just vibing, but they can't communicate their knowledge. So there's that. All the cats <laughs> are really like this stupid. <laughs> this exactly. Stupid <laughs> and they like want to help us, but they can't. So they just like. You know, they'll be our friends and our companions and, and that's like that. that. Yeah. So and like go down the line until you like you end up like like a nap or something and then and then yeah. you and then you win. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then maybe you start it as a theory yeah. as any, you know? Yeah, right? Exactly. Then you start all over again, like a big weird video game. Um yeah. anyways, but yeah, do I think it would be fucking weird to be reincarnated as a beetle and like have knowledge of my prior life as a human. Yeah. I'm sure that's a trip. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. sure that's weird. <laughs> very Kafka uh, as it exactly, were. Exactly. Exactly. Very Kafka indeed. Indeed. Um, um, so yeah, I guess, you know, d- diving deep into, into reincarnation, but um, uh, I thought I saw a ghost last weekend you thought think, or you know you saw one? I thought I did. I just didn't have my glasses on and it was the light Ain't from a smoke detector. Like, <laughs> they choose the worst times, you know? Like, like, damn it, I can't see right now. Like, Yeah, I just didn't have my glasses on and there was a weird light. 
And I was like, that's a ghost. <laughs> and you called up taps. Yep. I was like, we need to get someone in here as a fucking ghost. Oh. Also, like UFOs are a thing right now. That's big. UFOs are hot. They're, they're, UFOs they're so are hot, right, hot now. right now. Yeah. Big fan of UFOs. What do um, you feel about the current? I UFO read this thing recently activity. that was, it was really funny. That was just like, if aliens are real, I don't know what there is to be afraid of for an alien invasion. You know, like, what are they going to do? Like, poor working conditions, no health care. <laughs> Ooh, like, <laughs> been there, you know, like, yeah, um, totally. That was just pretty funny. Um, yeah. Why not? Like, come on. It's, it's about time. Totally. I don't know. I've, I've only on been the- here for 30 years, but it, in the grand scheme of the universe, it's about time. It's about time. And also we've got Pluto going into Aquarius, like literally in the next month, which is that's big. That's big alien vibes. Yeah. That is big alien contact vibes is what that is. So I'm kind of like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, let's, let's go. do this. Bro, let's do it. <laughs> let's I'm throw down. down the gloves. I'm down. Yeah, I'm I mean, to be fair, I have for a long time been on the side of I don't think I know a lot of people feel a lot of fear about like alien contact. I I think if they are more highly developed than us, then they're not coming to attack us. That's like a very human thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the yeah. human colonizer mentality. Yeah. I think a higher being might just be like, hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> yeah. What are what are you guys about? Let's chill. Like, so I'm not, I don't really feel a lot of fear about it. I think it's about time though. Yeah. I want, there's like this theory. I don't know if I've, we have 51 episodes. I don't know if I ever brought it up on the episode, but like the, the dark forest theory, I think it's called dark forest that like why we haven't heard from anybody, you know, in the, in the universe, if there is life out there and thinking about it through the lens of like a a dark forest and all the animals. And like the last thing you want to do is make yourself known. Yeah. Survival. Like, and so yeah. the, the, the They're ones that, of us, man. Yeah, <laughs> the one the ones that are running around in the forest, like trunching through the woods, you know, like they're the ones like, oh yeah, he's all he's right there, you know. Like so I think about that. That's kind of spooky. And that like yeah. that like every the the and, and and then it even goes to explain like well what what are they afraid of? And then that you get into the cosmic horror of like, well, why isn't anybody talking? What are they afraid of? What's scary out there? I don't know. I, I always thought it'd be cool. It'd be cool to meet a little, little alien friend. Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't even. I have an alien tattooed on my hand now. Oh, so you like you're really in it, right? <laughs> yeah. You're really into it. Yeah. Like I got this tattoo probably about a month ago now, somewhere in there. Maybe not quite. Um. Very random. I What's, also got uh, a a, a matchstick tattooed match on my stick. middle finger. Yeah. So I love that one. Um. That's good stuff. But he's just my little buddy. Like, I literally, like, the day I got him, I became, like, emotionally attached to him. Like, what's his I was name? like, look, Buddy. That's oh, what good. I named him. That's a good <laughs> name. Buddy is the name I bestow upon every dog I meet. <laughs> they are all my buddy. But I just, I don't know. He's just, he. it's me and him against the world. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And I just, I just like him. And I just look down at my hand and I'm like, me and you, bro. Me and you. And you got it. Yeah, I love him. Honestly, I'm really happy, happy with his existence on my body, to be honest. Amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so aliens, real and uh, art on body. 
Yeah. And definitely. reincarnation. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I think that's not bad for the past week. Yeah. Um, how about you? This week, not, I mean, the, the, the hobby itself isn't spooky, but I guess what I've been, I've gotten into like miniature, uh, figure painting <laughs> and just painting little miniatures. I'm obsessed with that for you. <laughs> uh, so I worked on this That's little guy so this last weekend. Cute, he's just like, he's just like a little skeleton warrior. Oh my God. I love him. Just, uh, so I, yeah, I've just been like, I've just been really enjoying sitting down and putting on a <laughs> record and just like a little, little detail brush. just getting it done you know amazing um, absolutely amazing that's been fun uh not, again not very spooky but it was a skeleton so there you go um on brand uh, listen to a, a whole audiobook listen to the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires i think it's what it's called it's a grady hendrix oh. book we read his for book club we read his final girl support group and this is another one of his books and that was fun i just had that on all weekend plowed through that that was good so that's really that's really what i got yeah not not a lot of all of spooky we're going to talk about some fun stuff for this episode um that deals with it i saw a movie a couple of weeks ago called the outwaters that ties into this discussion today oh exciting yeah so yeah that's that's, that's it in the that's last uh, week that felt like five months, that's that's all I've done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of stuff, but it's not coming to mind right now. But <laughs> We're going to roll with it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, one thing we have stayed kind of on top of is book club. Book club totally on there. top of it. Book club yeah, we, thrives. Book club is still rocking, y'all. And uh, we love our book club community. So, um, yeah, if you want to join, happy harvest horror show book club you should do that because it's great it's fantastic it, it, it costs cost a buck one time one dollar one time get you access and happy Crazy. harvest horror shows you just go to anchor.fm slash hhs slash support throw anything you wanted us you know and then you get you enjoy your big funds you, you pay for friendship you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like cool friends so cool, cool friends. spooky friends <laughs> no i love book club book clubs are Book Club's a blast. This month, uh, we read Tender is the Flesh, which, who did you finish the book yet? No, I have the audiobook. Oh, I'm curious what the audiobook is like. I mean, we'll have a book club discussion about it, but yes. uh, Hot Dog, that book. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, Hot Dog, yeah. Hot diggity dog. Hot diggity dog. Well, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I haven't started it yet, but it's only like six hours, so I'm going to knock that one out pretty quick. Because we have book club meeting next week. We have book club uh, so, meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. But cannibalism, that's what it's about, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what if it, like, wasn't fun? You know? Like... <laughs> is that is that the concept? <laughs> well, we get so much fun cannibal. We get a lot of, you know, like Hannibal yeah. Lecter. And he's so suave. And <laughs> But, like, what if we really examine the meat industry through the exa- like the lens of cannibalism? I... Oh, is this going to turn me back into a vegetarian? I thought about it after this book. Oof. I'm, our, I'm kind of there right now. I'm not going to lie. Pepsi. I've been having a moment of, like, maybe we'll go back to that. Well, if this so book doesn't do it. Maybe this will do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gnarly. But, um, all yeah. Right, all right. So that's the book club. Got a fun book coming up next time, but you're going to have to join the book club to figure it out what it is or just Oh-ho. hang on to our Instagram and, and <laughs> until next week, you know, 
Um, little teaser. Little teaser. Should we? Uh, should we take a, a little little bitty breaky and then uh, jump into some liminal scaries? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This ad break will be a liminal space. It is in the episode. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> Don't you get too scared. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Thanks for uh, sticking out the liminal space. Good to see you on the other side. Uh, we're talking. Uh, we're talking liminal horror today. Uh, yeah, specific- yeah, 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 yeah. This is gonna be a fun one, specifically because uh, there is a little, little, little movie that had a moment in the horror industry, like a big moment called Skinamarink. Uh, and Skinamarinky Dinky Dink. You do, which spoiler I didn't happen once in the movie. Love you. Do you remember that that little yeah. elephant yeah. show? Yeah. Were you a lamb chop kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to because that song is in my bones, so I had to have been right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember it. Like, yeah, I don't remember it like super well. I think it was a very early, like late eighties, early nineties thing. Yeah. But. I always like knew me. the song. That's and I think I had a stuffed animal lamb chop too. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Lamb right? chop. Lamb chop. <laughs> Skin of rink. It was a movie. It's a, it's a small little $15,000 budget movie. Uh, found footage. I mean, it's hard. This movie like defies all narrative, structural, yeah, conventional it stuff. It like out the window. It's all filmed in the director's childhood home, which makes me even more upset, you know. <laughs> uh, and it uh, premiered at the Fantasia Film Festival uh, last summer in August 2022, uh, which I don't know if you knew this, but a huge reason all, all the hype happened was it accidentally leaked online. Um, Because it was like COVID, they had digital, you know, premieres. And so it went all over YouTube and everything. And it was after IFC picked it up. And so they freaked out. They're like, oh, shit, our whole movie's gone. But they just moved the release date instead of October to January. And then hype just slowly built. It became its own little creepypasta that everyone was like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Hype, 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 hype. And then it released to theaters and it made almost $2 million. Like everyone, it, it took over. Is nuts. Fifteen thousand yeah. dollar movie, two million dollars in a few weeks. Even if you hate the movie, which a lot of people do, it's a success. And totally. that's fucking rad. Totally. Yeah. Good for good for everyone involved. Good for like, everyone. Love involved. that. Um, love when very um, yeah, just kind of avant garde art actually make some money and oh, yeah. like you know that's just nice it's just not one thing because yeah a lot of the best art is stuff that a lot of people don't like and by some kind of turn of fate you can take uh big chances like this movie definitely did and then end up 
succeeding financially. Like that's, I think that's very exciting. I think it's cool. I think it's rad. Congrats to them and this movie. Uh, we're I think we we we're gonna get into some spoilers here. If you haven't seen Skin and Brink, um, I mean, there's not much to spoil. It, <laughs> that's truly, the, truly, that's the I'm genius like, about it. Like exactly, I'm like, yeah, we might kind of do spoilers, but like. That's not the we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to experience it beforehand, it's on shutter right now. It's 100 minutes of either pure terror or uh, pure boredom to which way. I don't know which way you're going to take it, but that feels like that's the (laughs) uh, that does seem to be the split. I actually have, a, I think, a a more in the middle opinion. That is rare. We'll we'll get it. I know. Right. Nuance, baby. I love it. I love that nuance. (laughs) How do we even talk about skin marink? <laughs> I've been excited about this conversation about this with you for so long, but it's movie. all, but it's <laughs> like, how do I just even start this conversation? Cause it, again, it is okay. So story, it follows these two kids waking up in the middle of the night in their nineties, which you would assume, cause that's, that's the TVs that are on the toys that are around. It's all very much from our childhood. If you were grew up in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, they wake up their, their father is missing. And all the windows and doors of the house have disappeared. And then the movie just exists in that space for a hundred minutes. And as it goes on, you start to realize there is some malevolent force in there that is waiting in the shadows off screen, which also everything in this movie is off screen because this movie takes long shots of corners, of ceilings, of doorways, of carpets, two main characters. I don't even think you never see their face in the movie. You never see them like they're never featured on the like in the frame. Yeah, it's always yeah, like yeah. off to a side. And I think like which which kind of gives, I think, the illusion to a certain degree of like it being from their point of view, kind of. Yes. But not like not like strictly first person POV, you know, but like it does kind of create this like the same way you're trying to make sense of these stills and these images it's kind of how i imagine that's what they're doing you know so it does feel like a like it's their point of view but in like a little bit wonkier of a way absolutely and it's all in darkness like it's also through this like lo-fi haze that's throughout this filter throughout it that it the whole movie is meant to be disorienting and, and totally, totally <laughs> and very intentional. <laughs> I, and, and I totally understand any audiences, but they're like within the first six minutes, if like, you're not like creeped out or in, I don't know if you're going to get it there, you know, yeah. but like, yeah, totally. it asks a lot of the viewer to get into it, but I don't know. I think I will get into why and all this stuff, but this movie I had, a, I had a real strong reaction to, I, I loved it. I thought, um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine after it about um, like it's very similar to we're all going to the world's fair. Another movie from last year. Yes. Which I really want to talk about as well. Yeah. Like we can, uh, well, I we'll get this conversation. Yeah, totally. I, I fucking love that movie and I have a lot to say about it. So we'll get there as well. But, but I think similar to that movie, this movie is very, very good at getting a very specific feeling and a very specific, like, very specific fear of being, you know, four years old, waking up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom or something and not really sure where you are or like what's in the shadow. Like, and that, and I, I, and that seems like such a benign, like innocent fear. 
And then like going through this movie, I'm like, no, but when I was four years old, that was the scariest thing in the world, you know? Yeah. And because, because it really captures like, I mean, the whole movie taking place inside this childhood home, it really captures how small your world is when you're a child. Entire world. Yeah. Like that's your whole world, like pretty much. So your fears are going to be encapsulated by that world, you know? 100%. Whereas, like, as you get older and your world your world gets bigger and bigger, those fears kind of dissipate because you know bigger worldly fears. But when Absolutely. you're a small child and this is your, your literal whole existence, your fears are going to manifest within that specific place in a very powerful way, you know? Absolutely. And even... If, if that is your whole world, how scary it is. If even like the smallest change happens, how disorienting and scary that can be. I mean, and that gets into yeah. our conversation about liminal space. I mean, I mean, we're going to talk a lot of, we're going to use the word liminal a lot, just like all of my college papers. Um, Love it. <laughs> uh, but we should, for, for anyone that's like unfamiliar with the term, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's Latin from limen, which literally translates into tr- threshold. Um, and I guess it's just that it, it, the, the, the definition of liminal space is something that exists in two spaces at once, right? That like, it's the in between, in between, it's It's the in between. Like I talk a lot about, I love airports. I fucking love airports. I get to the airport super early. I just like them because I think they're an example of an incredibly active liminal space, right? Like everything that's happening in an airport is an in-between, is a liminal, like, and there's, it's like a whole reality in a liminal space. And I find them fascinating because Absolutely. of that. Like, it's just that, yeah, that space between, basically. And yeah, and thinking about this movie and through the lens of liminal space, little little moments where it enters that are one, you're in the house, you're in the, this, the whole world, waking up in the middle of the night, it's dark. But there's very unfamiliar things. One, the parents gone. That's unfamiliar. Two, there's no windows or doors, which like I that <laughs> upsets me so much. Um, it makes me think of like the House of Leaves book from years ago. I don't know if you've ever you know that tome that's in every bookstore of postmodern scaries. It, it House of Leaves about this the this this man that wakes up one day and finds that there is a door in his house that wasn't there before. And it leads through this maze and he goes through all these scientific and like mathematical tests. Like this door should not make sense. It should not be here. Yeah. I feel like this is a similar thing to that, that like this, this unexplained little, like, yeah, the, all the doors and windows are gone. There's nothing really coming to get you yeah. right now, but just the fact that that's but gone, still... you know, is I mean, what would you do if you woke up in the morning and all the doors and windows were gone? <laughs> Dude, I've had waking dreams. This movie is like a waking dream, a waking nightmare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. I think, uh, too, the liminal in this movie, though, exists, you know, on a more theoretical level, on a more conceptual level. The liminal exists in that, in the space between uh, safety and lack of safety, right? Like, it's your home, it's where you feel safe and then it's it's playing with this back and forth of them because that's the thing that's the thing that's so brilliant about this movie and my opinion is the way there are so many little moments of them seeking comfort and safety in this really strange situation like watching 
television shows. We're going to watch this cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Exactly. Which is brilliant because that is exactly how a child would react. 100% how I would react and how I did react when I was scared as a kid, you know, like that. So there is this like these young. I think that surprised me, too. The two kids are really young. Oh, they're they're, they're like they're four. babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're... like four. Like they're really, really young. And you know, thinking about those really disjointed memories you have from being four years old, of like you're still making sense of reality, you know. So for something so kind of crazy to happen, that's very alarming. But also, like you haven't been in this world very long you know so like you don't probably know how to make sense of that in any logical way so you're just gonna do what you can to find comfort and like and so that's what they do they're finding comfort in their home watching cartoons it being the space of comfort that has very suddenly become uncomfortable yes and then there's a constant liminal tension because and of that. Know, and which is an add to that their age and this this tension is that they never really show fear until like towards the end when some like yeah. really gnarly stuff starts happening. But like throughout it, they're just watching TV and they're mostly like nervous, confused. You yes. Know? Which, which is adds such to the a brilliance. relatable. Yeah, it's such a relatable feeling. I definitely have childhood memories of being like completely alone as a small kid in the dark, like watching TV and you feel an uneasiness you know like it's so good like dialogue is used so seldom in this movie but when it is it like like through its simplistic oh my god it hits like they're they're watching tv for like 10 minutes or something as things are happening and just the line of like it should be morning by now it's like oh my god you know like that oh my god the pit of my stomach you know going like Oh, and then they will like go through the house and just oh. little things like they'll go in the kitchen and they'll see the kitchen, like a kitchen chair is on the ceiling and they're just looking yeah. at it, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what and to try- make of this. I'm exactly. not exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah. My favorite literally, like I like screenshotted it. I think it's probably my favorite line in a movie with very little dialogue, but it's just like a, a moment that fucking hit and it's, it's towards the end. And it's just, can we watch something happy? Yes. Oh, oh man. fuck me, man. <laughs> like, that's the biggest show of fear in the movie of like, I, I just want I, this to, I need yeah, to leave this moment. Can we you know? watch something happy? Like, goddamn. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, so, yeah. Like, this, I guess, I would definitely say for me, even though, like, there are some really, I think, solid, scary moments. For me, it was more of an emotional journey. Like, this movie made yes. me very emotional. Like, yes. in terms of just thinking about, yeah, my own childhood reality. And, like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and childhood trauma. And, like, these small kids. And, like, I, I went through a lot of, I don't, yeah, just a lot of, like, intense, like, nostalgia emotions like more that than fear sure a lot through a lot of this movie i think that's a little more powerful in some ways too oh for sure i mean i but i mean even the scares are feeding into that you know that yeah 100 percent think that i like it, I, it took like i couldn't really explain what i mean there were this really scary moments in this movie 
to me, like the uh, going upstairs into the parents' room and the whole yeah. do- the seeing the dad sitting on the bed just looking at nothing and saying, "Look under the bed." Um, if just like again, liminal, you're you got to trust your father in this scary moment, you know, like yeah. he's telling you to do something. I guess I will, you know. That that really fucking got me. But also, like, I read, I can't remember where I read it, or I, I would cite it right here, but like making the comparison to this movie and uh, kids going through like divorce. Yeah. Um, had like, I was like, oh, whoa, you know, that, yeah. I, cause I was the same age. It was four when my parents split. And that very much so, just like this movie, you're wake, like, where's dad he's gone you know is, yeah. is waking up in the middle uh, no of the night. i think it's saying incredible things about childhood trauma like, yeah, I, like I'm, so i'm general. agreeing yeah it's the same yeah yeah just child different forms of childhood trauma can be, i think be expressed but i fully agree that like yeah it's if, if that if you're looking for it that's that's those are the the strings that are being pulled on you know <laughs> like oh yeah. yeah these these childhood traumas that so many of us, you know, are now in the process of like unraveling and this was just done really beautifully in a work of art, I think, you know. Which also makes me wonder because I've had a lot of conversations and like seen a lot online because, uh, you know, the Internet's the first to let you know when it doesn't like something. You know? Oh, yeah. Loves to do that. <laughs> loves to do it. Loves Big it. Fan. I, a lot of people. There's been there's a very, you know, vocal a uh, group of of horror fans that do not like this movie and i had in in tying it back to um which we'll have a more in-depth conversation with we're all going to the world's fair i wonder if if this movie and that movie almost require a level of familiarity with the fears in order for it to work do you know what i mean that like i 100 percent know what you mean yeah that, like I... <laughs> and i don't mean this as like a, you just don't get it you know yeah. which <laughs> I love how you're trying to so carefully like explain it because yeah, like I, I agree. I agree 100%. Cause that could like, very well be like a fault of the movie that it is for yeah. a very specific audience. Specific and audience if, yeah. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a fault in the sense that like, I do not believe all art needs to be for everybody. Yeah, you know, fair. I agree. It doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> like all art doesn't need to be for everybody and if if it really something really doesn't resonate with you that's fine also something really might not resonate with you at one point in your life and later on it does you know 100%. there's like yeah. so many possibilities um so no i i fully agree and i don't think it's us being like oh you just you just don't get it like no, yeah yeah i think i mean that's not true i just but I do think both of these movies, Skinner Inc. and We're All Going to the World's Fair, they are like they're kind they're deeply personal. And they're they're really using horror to explore some really like deep emotional stuff. And like, I don't know, not not everyone is that into that. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay if you don't connect with that aspect of horror or that like journey i guess i mean i'm a fucking scorpio it's my whole being right is like the emotional depth shit like that's sure it's like annoying honestly how how into (laughs) it i am (laughs) like it is the depths of emotion and anything that's going to take me there or is going to help push others to like explore a, a deep specific nuanced 
experience or emotion, like I am going to be so there for that, you know, like to me, that is one of my favorite things about art in general, but that doesn't mean it has to be everybody's favorite thing about art, you know? So like, I get it. I get it not being for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. I do. I guess the only thing I would say is like, it's when something is like strongly hated by the internet, people do like to jump on the bandwagon and then like, don't give things a chance. Yeah. And that kind of bums me out because I think even if like this movie isn't like a movie that you deeply connect with maybe the way like you and I did, like you could still get something out of it. You could I think still, you can. I think there's yeah. still like, we're, we're honing in on the, the, like the emotional resonance that we've had with the movie. But I think beyond that, there's also like really compelling stuff. There's like, like scares in the movie that live in this uncanny realm that totally. sets me, you know, yeah. that, <laughs> I mean, um, the phone, the, the phone. phone, the phone bit. Oh, beautiful. Man. Like literally beautiful. Like I watched that. I was like, this is, this is art. This is great. Like this is, this is horror. Like (laughs) even scarier because there's like a shot of the phone and the lights out and the lights turn on and the eyes, you can see, kind of see a reflection of the eyes and they are different eyes. I swear to God, they are not the same face. Yeah. No, the eyes change. Yeah. One of my favorite, like from a horror standpoint, and yeah, it's subtle, but it's not at the same mm-hmm. time. And like from a horror standpoint, brilliant moment, brilliant moment, especially because we all had that fucking phone. Oh, we like, all had that phone. We I... all had that phone. <laughs> uh, friends of the show uh, have two little kids. And uh, after seeing that movie, they also saw the movie. Uh, my friend thought it would be the, 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 the polite thing to do to order that phone <laughs> to have it in their house. <laughs> Obviously, it was not impressed. Um. (laughs) But we did. I had that phone. Like it was such a an iconic early '90s childhood toy and like '80s childhood toy. And you still see them around. Like they, they they made a lot of those. Um, They're still around. You can still get one. Yeah, totally. And that little moment, I think, from a horror standpoint, given what the movie was about was just so perfect like so and visually great like of just i mean in general that's another thing about this movie because it is like it's pretty long and there is a lot of moments where quote unquote not much is happening you know um so i think you do have to be someone who really appreciates essentially like stills and like was it like mise-en-scene like to use an annoying film word but like like yeah, someone gotta... who really likes to look at like the mm-hmm. setup of a shot because that's what a lot of this is is like setups of shots that, yeah like... the action there's no action that happens yeah. in the foreground or there's really nothing at all that happens in the frame you know that it's all yeah. happening and the audio design of this movie is incredible uh horrifying stuff um the way it sits in silence for a just to like a voice to come through and the the, the way that the, when a child speaks and how like even though they're like whispering how loud it is because we've been yeah. sitting in silence for so long but yeah the the audio design is incredible and i think that i think that's another strength of the movie but yeah because you're right the atmosphere is paramount in this and then if you can't sit okay. in the atmosphere i think it's gonna even be it's impossible it's an impenetrable movie i feel like totally uh, the atmosphere is everything and that goes back to going back to like the childhood fears childhood trauma thing that i think is so fucking perfect too because like 
that was de- that was huge for me. Like, uh, like just being like I was an only child and I was just alone a lot, like even from a very young age. And and I still like I've been like processing this for a minute because I still like I can't go to sleep in quiet. Like I need TV. I need music, white noise something if i go to sleep in quiet i need another person there like mm. i can't do it alone like it's like it's just a whole thing and when i was little there being no sound was always so scary to me and so having the tv on was huge mm-hmm. i always had the tv on so like this was because, like a huge link yeah, for you yeah it, totally like having the tv on big and it still is for me now like Cause that eerie silence and being just a small child alone, fucking the worst, like the worst, the worst. thing. Like, it really messed with me a lot. It made me so uncomfortable. And yeah, so it's like, it's literally just recreating that feeling. Um, and I guess like going back to what I said earlier, I find it terrifying, but I also didn't find this movie terrifying because I found it relatable at the same time yeah i mean you know what i I mean yeah i think that the relatable made it scarier for me like we we keep saying that things aren't happening in the front in the in the frame of the we're getting shots of corners of rooms and things are like just off the frame i think that like in like a you know uh, film theory way like makes it so much more interesting that like since i can't see the kids the whole time i have to imagine what's happening with this great audio design outside of the frame and because i relate so hard to like all the ingredients i'm seeing myself outside of the frame and that's uh and then go right to the fear like that is oh I guess it was, yeah, it was a mix of, there was definitely fear there that it elicited in me, but it also was so deeply familiar that then it wasn't scary. It was just like a, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it was like emotional. It was like a, oh, like it was, it was a deep feeling kind of thing as opposed to like a fight or flight fear kind of thing for me, you know? Yeah. I don't know the fear that this movie and similar to World's Fair, the fears that these two movies elicited in me were just a lot more of like a somber, like, oh, yeah. feeling yeah. than like, a, well, I'm so scared, like, you know, heightened feeling. Well, that's a great segue. We can start talking about we're all going to the World's Fair. This was a movie that happened last year and it made our like tops of the year list. Yeah. Yeah. We both um, loved it. We loved this movie. Um uh, again, a polarizing movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, um, if you haven't seen it, Going to the world. It's on it. HBO Max. I just oh, see. So nice. if you have HBO Max, you can check this one out. This one is uh, not as narratively de- demanding or ambiguous as Shrink sh- uh, Marine. Yeah. Um, this one there has is a, a f- narrative. There is a fair amount of ambiguity, though, to be fair. But yeah, yeah. it's not like you're not going to get A equals B equals E. In a similar way, this one follows a a young woman who is is sucked into this online, I guess, role playing game um, called the World's Fair, where you have to take a myth to make a pact online and then 
as all you know good creepy pastas go things start getting weird and you document it and share it and she this this poor very lonely very lonely is the thing that i get the most from this movie yeah um gets more she gets more sucked more into this game to to scarying degrees um and uh I mean, and that's that's the movie, but the and, movie, and yeah, and once again, the liminal factor is playing with the space between reality and the game, and like what is real and what is not, right. you know, like, and she is existing in this space in a very kind of concerning way, you know, like, and choosing to exist in this place because it's less. I mean that's the that's the sad bit about it that it's less scary it's, than her current reality. You know that. Yeah. They oh, never, I'm gonna cry. I this know. This gonna make me cry, this, man. This, this <laughs> movie was so so good. I think this it it, it, ne- it never. I mean, they gave little hints, but it's never really expressed what is going on in her real life. But yeah. it's not good. But it's not good. It's not good. Um, and and she's she's always hiding on a laptop, basically just going down internet video rabbit holes which if that's a you know that's something i've done you know like i think in this digital age i think it's very common i think about like i can't imagine i i I grew up youtube was i was in high school when youtube was like yeah first out but like nowadays like being a young kid like having a smartphone and all the internet's weirdness at all times of the day at my disposal especially you know being as socially awkward as i was you know like i probably i would have gotten lost man yeah Um, no similarly like um i don't know some of the kind of most challenging years of my childhood like a lot of shit went down when i was in middle school and i especially like yeah seventh eighth grade i was on the computer all the time all the time like that was just like the retreat you know like that was where you go because it's just like this is better like you know there's there there was a lot there um i mean i you know i i think in the early days of the internet we all got to some weird shit for sure but it was for me it was a lot more of just like i'm gonna download every song on napster you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah limewire or uh every um, song and like and you know in some weird chat rooms and shit like that um i think now there yeah there's considerably more like weird shit and like role-playing games and stuff you can get into and um and and that stuff's also very fucking cool like i like the the role-playing game in this movie is cool like it's really interesting i'm like what like this is like a like as a community art form super interesting but if you have people um that especially young people in that are very vulnerable and like not in a good place it's like oh this could get dangerous yeah i mean and that's the liminal bit right there with the online or the liminal i guess sense of a connection that like that they are she is you know offering all this you know this scary reality she's perceiving out into the world thinking it's connecting with a larger group when really she's still very much alone you know that like that's the the liminal bit about online connection like we're all talking we're all linked up but we're all still alone in a room with a screen you know yeah exactly 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 (laughs) like it's so yeah both of these movies are just so 
they're really getting to the core of something so human and emotional and like, yeah, I don't know. In a weird way, I think they're, yeah, they're both kind of about connection, right? Like yeah. and feeling alone in a space and uh, where you go from there. Yeah. And like, oh, they're, they're both so good. They're, they're so both good. so good. The, like I, um, I've said this to you before, my literal only criticism of uh world's fair which it's still it's still great and has some really great moments i think i i wanted i wanted more spooky like circus imagery yeah i mean like, the, yeah the cover art is scary you know her own little yeah, glowing yeah. Green eye. the yeah. cover art's brilliant the yeah. cover art's so good like and and that moment in the movie is so good and there's a few other moments that's a sad like moment that. man it you is know? oh god man. it is it's hard it's hard. I, I'm pretty sure I cried watching that movie. I'm pretty sure I did. It's, um, oh, it's... I always, I always latch on to because we're we're talking about her specifically, and and like I felt so like deeply for her this whole movie that like that moment with the eye and her little her little doll um, broke my heart. Um, and then just at the end, because as she you know is making these videos, they start getting a little scarier. She starts hinting at maybe needing to hurt somebody or herself, and that's when I mean, we're. I hope you guys go out and see this movie and come back and listen because I want to like just talk about the ending real quick. Um, but whoever is like moderating this game reaches out to her and basically is checking in, like you know, this is all fake, right? This is not a real game, and and how she like. She gets defensive. She, she, she had defensive. Gets, yes. She yeah. gets very defensive of it um, and says the line of like, you're never going to know. Oh, oh God, this is going to bug me, but like, you're never going to know what happened to me and like got off line. And I think about that, like everybody, like any, any online person I've ever worried for or like seen in the chat or, or something. And I, I'll never know. Never if they, know. You'll never know. Never know. know. Um, ah, damn it! <laughs> and that, like, I still think about that at the end. That she's like, "You're never gonna know what you know, um, anything about me ever again." Um, and that at the time when I'm most worried for, like, days after I saw this movie, I was so worried for this fictional character and if she's gonna be okay. You know? That, oh, like, I know, I know. I would. Oh my god, I would, I would just wrap her up. I would adopt her so quick. Like, I would just like, oh, like, oh my god, yeah, it that experience of yeah being a lonely teen that retreats to the internet a lot of people can really relate to and i don't know once again it 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 touches on a lot of deep emotions not just fear and i think and maybe that's why a lot of people don't like these movies is because they're they like their horror to just be fear inducing and Maybe not so much dealing with these other emotions. Which you got to look you inward. Know. You know? <laughs> they are, dude. You got to be afraid both. of yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> both of these movies are look inward kind of movies, and if that's what you're not on board for, you are not going to enjoy these. Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah, God, yeah, exactly. There's that's something fun. for everybody in horror. That's what's, what's great about it. You know, everyone's yeah. got your own fair scary movie. Um, yeah, um, but the type of person I am, I think they're both fucking brilliant. I like, just think I, I'm, that's why I really wanted to make this episode. Because I think we're in a, like a really beautiful moment right now where these movies are getting, are really hot. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't think this moment will last. <laughs> I think this, uh, there's, there's, there's just enough people out there saying, I hate this, that, <laughs> that are very loud, that it seem to be louder than the people that are like, no, this is actually really important to me, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm actually like, this is a jump, but it's literally my favorite show. So I'm going to bring it up because I bring it up every chance I get. I we'll talk about the outer. Uh, <laughs> You knew it. You, oh you knew it. I re- I rewatched Outer Range yeah, oh like man. a week ago um, for like the first time in a few months. And I was like, God damn, I love this movie or I love this show. But um, and I do love this show. But so I felt similarly to what you were just saying about Outer Range, because a lot of people were pissed at that show. Like a lot of people just wanted like Yellowstone 2.0 and didn't like that show. And it got like a lot of really angry reviews. And I was like, this is literally like nothing has made me feel the way this show has made me feel like ever. Like, I just think it's so brilliant. And we waited, we fucking waited for a long time because it did not look like we were getting a season two because so many people vocally did not like it. I still don't think, Oh wait, it has been renewed. It has been renewed. Oh, man. Okay. I cried when I found out. Okay. When, All right. When it, it got October. renewed. I, yeah. I did a quick Google, and I, so I'm like, I don't know if I ever got – and the first one was like, nope, as of February 2023, it has not been renewed. And then I all I had to do was scroll a little, and Esquire was like, no, it, it did. It got renewed. I, I'm Dude, I tear tears streamed down my face when I found out it got renewed because I was like thank god um and but all of this to say that like I felt that way about that show it's like so many people are so vocal about not liking it and then I don't know it was just enough it was just enough people that got it and like pulled it through and now we're gonna get a season two you know yeah and I think I agree with you that we're in with this kind of horror, a precarious position, but I do think it has, there's just enough people craving what it's doing. You know what I mean? There's just enough people craving this kind of like depth and, and exploration because also for all the things both of these movies have in common, they're so, so different. Like mm-hmm. they're yeah. very different in the, in just their approach. And like, you know, I think it's enough that to show that there are a lot of people that are craving this kind of content and not necessarily the same old kind of f- send you into fight or flight horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's I mean, enough, I'm, it's enough that like a 24 is now getting in on it that they, yeah. they've uh they're gonna they're adapting this youtube if you've ever seen the backrooms uh videos another liminal space yes. series no, backrooms this is the definition i think of 100%. like liminal horror so a24 <laughs> they're making a backrooms movie i feel like yeah but i this could easily i mean we you know universal gets wind of this and goes let's make one and then it i think about uh blair witch project I think that's very much liminal space movie. I think that I'm that so is, glad you were the one to say it because I was going to say it. But Blair Witch the, Project. I'm such a Blair Witch stan that I'm so glad you said it. <laughs> but in, we're, we'll talk about, but I just think in the in the, in the relation to like things that are hot and then they blow up in in the wrong ways. I think about yeah. Blair Witch and then like even just this 
every other Blair Witch in that series hasn't got it again. You know, oh, I think this might be a lightning close. in the bottle. We can't yeah. get a Skinnamarink too. You know, like oh, definitely God Skinnamarink too. Like okay, something yeah, happy. If, you know, <laughs> if either of these movies have some kind of sequel i will scream like we're they, still they, going to the world's fair yeah we're still going we'll to always the, be going to the world's fair we'll always be going to the world's oh, fair man. no no i agree neither of these movies should have sequels that's a terrible idea but that's not even just sequels idea. that like think about like the, the we were in uh, found footage like I don't want to say hell, but we were stuck for a minute. Yeah, you know? we were. It's so true. It's so true. I like that found footage hell. <laughs> you know, I and and I I love Blair Witch and I love a lot of found footage movies. I feel like going into these, it's really turned me off to like most found footage. It has to be really good. And I think that like if the if people aren't going into like a liminal like fear movie, like we've just talked about these last two from like a sincere place and thinking like mm-hmm. all you have to do is just look shoot an empty room for 100 yeah. minutes and then people will be afraid like that's you know. i think you know i think you're totally right i think that's a really solid prediction that we will see some i guess shitty versions of people trying to do this same thing without maybe that emotional depth and that's a bummer, but whatever. Like, it's, but whatever. <laughs> we're living in the golden time right now, and we just need to got to enjoy. Well, it. yeah, because like at the end of the day, I'm with you. Like, found footage, found footage, hell is real. Uh, Blair Witch Project is so fucking fire still to this day. You know, like no one can take that away. Like, right. it's still so good. And I mean, we we've had full conversations about this. Like, Paranormal Activity was good, and Paranormal Activity existed because Blair Witch existed. You know. Yes. So, like, I think the potential for us to see more of this kind of film done done well is there. I also think the potential for us to see this kind of film done poorly is, of course, there, you know. Yeah. And I'm actually really excited to see what that looks like. Some would say it's already here, yeah, you know, that like yeah. a bad skinnamarink is just skinnamarink. But I... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I fully. Disagree, I would like to but... see. I would like to see a really like yeah schlocky skinnamarink like without the, without the heart. More um, action, more explosions. Yeah, right. Skinnamarink with ex- the house explodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, skinnamarink but... too. Die another day. Die another. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's like a totally fair prediction because, yeah, you know, for every great work of art, people tend to try to copy it and fail. Like that's, I think, part of the process. That being said, I think we will also see more cool examples of exploring. I hope so. I hope that background movie is cool, you know? Me too. God. Don't mess that one up, A24. <laughs> like, it's also cool because it feels like these are the movies that aren't, even though they they aren't creepypastas, like they're the best like iterations of a creepypasta experience. Totally. You yeah. know, that like, yeah. I think, you remember like the, like, oh God, just all these like scary, like internet stories you would read, like the Russian sleep experiment of like, the, the, if you yeah. remember that one. Yeah. Like, just like the rabbit holes of just different like scary or like, God, what Johnny. Remember Johnny, the 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 um 
bubble boy that was in the wheelchair and yeah I, that's all i had to say and you got it right away <laughs> and it's all like night vision and there's really no story other than this like bubble yes. boy like trying to breathe in the story like and i'm like yeah i think you. at the end of the day this so this is so fucking hipster but whatever um uh, we're we're hipsters, this is our show you and I. Yeah. yeah this is our show also like when we met we were like the definition of hipster I like wore we- beanies <laughs> You're wearing skinny one jeans. now. I'm wearing one now, but like, come skinny on, we're jeans. rocking. I'm skinny still wearing jeans. skinny jeans. Damn it! I've got like, the hipster glasses, but like, come on, we, yeah. like that was like our friendship was formed over hipsterdom. So like, oh yeah, this should be expected. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Um, but like what you're describing, these movies, like I think at the end of the day, what we we love so much, like. It's just, it's the, it's atmospheric. Like we're into atmospheric shit and atmospheric is fundamentally different than narrative. You know, they can work together and they can work together really well. Yeah. Right. Right. When they work together, it's just like, whew, beautiful. But I am an atmosphere girl and I'm kind of bored with narrative in some ways and like I'm gonna take a weird fucking atmosphere like any day. <laughs> like, I saw this movie and I was like, "Oh yeah, Corey, the art historian, is gonna <laughs> dig this." This like, <laughs> like set me in an atmosphere and let me feel and let me experience, and that's gonna get me. That's gonna get me way more than a perfectly crafted narrative. Yeah, like you know, I agree with that. So, I also think that like. It's just so funny because we're talking about both of these movies that like, and they defy so much of film structure and what's popular and what's like conventional that like, I saw this movie in the theater and I was lucky enough to have a theater that was very silent and respectful. And so I got to be into it, but like seeing Skinamarink in an AMC was like, absolutely not. You know, yeah, I feel yeah, like totally. this movie like should belong at like MoMA, you know, and like you're yeah. walking through or like sitting on one of those couches in an art exhibit, you know, 100%, like, you know, 100%. Yeah. And that's why I've, I don't know. I've kind of tried to skirt around it a little bit because this is, this is Happy Harvest Horror Show. This isn't my art history podcast, but it's it's got contemporary art vibes written all over it. And contemporary art pisses people off. Yeah. Like it really frustrates people. It, a lot of people feel like it's, um, I don't know, a lot of people are triggered by it. And, and I am like a huge believer in like, you don't need to be like, I don't think a lot like a lot of people think contemporary art is like trying to make them feel dumb or something and i don't think that that needs to be the case at all yeah but you do with things like contemporary art and like these movies you do need to surrender to them a little bit right you need to let them be what they are and you need to be like okay this is you know like you you need to you need to surrender to the experience and that's when you start getting things out of them i think we could all take that lesson a lot more in film or art criticism just in general that like yeah we take a lot of preconceived anything and i'm we're all guilty of this i do it all the time you know but like you got i feel like meeting things on their own merits you're 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 opening yourself up to enjoy it more one feed <laughs> it where it is you know what that's I mean? my number one thing I mean, it's my number one thing with art. It's my number one thing with people. It's my number one thing with life. Like you have to meet 
things where they are absolutely, and then go from there. You know, that doesn't mean you can't have criticisms or like, you know, at the end of the day, be like, yeah, that wasn't for me. But I also think something cannot be for you and you can still get something out of it if you're willing to meet it where it is. Yeah. And I think a good exercise. You walk out a movie you don't like, just try to find something, everything you see, just try to find something you liked about it. Exactly. Cause that could inspire you to something else down the line, you know? Um, So even though like these films are films that definitely resonate with me on a deeply personal level, like both of them do. um, And I think are doing like incredible things um, just for the genre of horror. They're taking it in a very interesting, deep, emotive direction that I I think deserves tons of exploration. But at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't have to be your favorite movie, but you can, you can still kind of try and meet it there. And like, what is yeah what can i get from this as a horror fan or what can mm-hmm. i get from that you know what i mean like yeah what is it doing yeah exactly there's just like i don't know there's always something there's always something to pull um and so i guess that yeah that's that's just how i that's how i feel about the haters out there um, <laughs> so to all the haters out there just be nicer you know like <laughs> just be nicer um but yeah no skinnamarink like i had that feeling watching it like i have sat in the you know a lot of a lot of modern art museums contemporary art museums you know will do like like video installations and stuff i have sat in video installation room weird stuff dude yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i love that shit i love it i eat it up so hard like i love it and the thing is too i think that's a important thing to remember historically um especially if it's something you haven't been exposed to much um like the history of just kind of like video art and whatnot they're like People have been making weird shit on video since the beginning of video. (laughs) Like like there is weird, like early, like Salvador Dali films and, you know, like just really great. Like Maya Darren. Oh my God. I love her. Like early, early weird shit. Like that's so like exploratory. And, um, and I think it's cool to combine that kind of like weird exploratory art vibe and yeah, push it into something a little more mainstream. Um, going back to the, literally the beginning of this episode when we were talking about how cool it is that skin and ended up kind of doing so well and becoming so mainstream. Um, I think what's so exciting about that is like, it never was supposed to, you know, $15,000 movie. Like, yeah, it probably was supposed to mostly be shown in like small theaters and like art houses and like, you know, just like weird spots. And um, the fact that so many people got to see it, I think that's like a triumph of hell yeah, contemporary hell art. Yeah. You know, like I think that's how great. fucking cool, you know? Yeah. That the way- fact that I saw so many people talking about this film on fucking TikTok, like that made me so happy. Like so good, you know, yeah. that like gives you hope, you know, in it these does. Worlds, especially it the does. film business, you know, yeah. that like you look at it, that people are only going to the movies now for like quote unquote event movies, which is Marvel movies or, you know, Top yeah. Gun. Which I love Top Gun. 
Don't get me wrong. I, like I haven't. I haven't seen it. I've Maverick, heard good things. So good. This is a spooky show, but y'all, Top Gun Maverick <laughs> just lapped up things. that propaganda. Good stuff. <laughs> um, but the um, yeah, like it's it's inspiring that like that can still happen. You know, we haven't left. Yeah. You know, no, that. and it will continue to happen. And that's and that also like as an art historian and how I know that this has happened like repeatedly. Like I think. Movies like Skinnamarink are going to be talked about for a long time. Like oh, that's yeah. just going to show up in film appreciation classes Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And then like, you're going to get like 20 years from now, people going like, oh, yeah, I loved Skinnamarink. And we're like, no, we got receipts. <laughs> no, you, you hated it. <laughs> you wrote on tomatoes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Absolutely adore this shit. Skinnamarink. We're all going to the World's Fair. If you haven't seen either of them, you need to get on that. I might watch both of them tonight. I don't oh, yeah. know. Like, they're so good. Um, just go to bed to Skin and Marink, you know? Just remind, just remind me of my childhood. <laughs> mm, divorce. <laughs> mm, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Remember when you were four and alone all the time? <laughs> don't you want to relive it, you know? <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that a good? We don't need to like get into it because I was talking to a friend about this today. Because it's also like we, you don't, you never, you don't really process that. You just grow up. You just kind of leave. One hundred percent. That's another reason why I think this movie is brilliant because it does capture the innocence of these children, and you feel it. You feel their inability because you to never got rid it. of it. You just, yeah. you just, you just yeah. packed it away on the top shelf of like, well, well I don't need that just... fear anymore. Thank God, you know. I can... well, yeah. We just keep going. We just, <laughs> we just keep, keep going. I hope yeah. that doesn't come back, you know. And then yeah, you and... skin marink, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Another one of the brilliant nuances of that film is, I think it really captures the innocence of these very young children, and it captures their fear, but it's not, it's in no way a typical I'm screaming, I'm terrified way. It's a, it's in a, it's that, it's that, the the way that, like, I remember dealing with it, right? You yeah. just kind of, like you just keep moving and you do literally whatever the only thing you know how to do is. And in this case, watch it's TV. watch, watch cartoons, you know, yep. and, and be with your sibling. And like, yeah, it's just it, the fact that it, I, I think captures that it, it doesn't even just capture the fear. It captures how a small child begins to even deal or process that fear and like just keep going that's a good way to put it it's like they're stuck in this loop almost and it's like how do we just keep going like that's the feeling that's the feeling i got from that whole movie a small child how do we just keep going oh my god right right down to the end too like how do we keep going you're like when like confront the face they're like out of and all the kids like what's your name you know oh god damn that's again still like how i i I guess i have to like who are you what's your name exactly what's your name what do you do now what do you do with it you just keep going you know god damn god damn it's good (laughs) love it Love it so much. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I I also saw The Outwaters, another big one. Also similar, $15,000 movie. 
also making big waves. Um, another found footage movie. This one didn't work as well for me, but again, like this whole motif that we said today, it's okay. That one didn't work for me. It worked for a lot of other people. That's okay. Um, I didn't have the right trauma for that one. You know, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was not specific to you. Um, um, but it's and- on Screenbox. It's a lot of people are liking it. So if you want to see some more low budget found footage, high buzz movies, The Outwaters. So what exactly was the situation, though, with The Outwaters? Like- so The Outwaters is another found footage movie. It follows this small group crew filming like a music video for this for this singer and it's like a group of four and they just go out into the mojave desert to film this video and as they're out there some malevolent force finds them and it becomes real cosmic horror um this one again it's once it gets to the scaries it's really challenging there is there is a uh a lot of night shoots with handheld cameras with a flashlight with the smallest beam you could ever imagine. So like most of the screen is in darkness and you're just like desperate to see just something that's, that it's showing. And I think that's the, the, the fear that it's really honing in on, you know, again, maybe, maybe you would dig it. I, I, um, this one was, was, didn't not work for me. So I'm not yeah. Thinking. It's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Not all art has to be for everyone. So it's trash. <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm no. curious though. That does sound interesting. Yeah, check it out. It's on. Uh, there's, there's. Uh, Shutter has competition now. A little app called Screenbox, which you know, I'm all tribalist with my, my company. So, <laughs> so it's trash. Uh, but, <laughs> kidding. Look at trash. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Good to be back in the. It the is. This chat is a chair. great conversation. Um, twenty twenty three. This is the year it all happens. You know. So, yeah. Uh, I actually, I have a really good segue. I think uh, into what we plan our next conversation to be about. Okay. Um, that I I kind of wanted to bring up just just a little, just a little bit. Little nugget. Have you gotten around to watching Bones and All yet? No, not yet. I will. I promise I will watch it. So I, I think Bones and All is actually a really solid meet in the middle of that atmospheric, liminal, weird meets meets a solid narrative you can follow and like that'll keep that keeps horror fit like more stereotypical horror fans happy. Um because Bones and all is super atmospheric and the atmosphere is the American Midwest. So like, I so it, it's, I know it's all, it's us, baby. Oh, like, I love the American Midwest. <laughs> like it is road tripping the American Midwest and it, it has my whole heart. That movie has my whole heart. Like <laughs> I love that movie so goddamn much. Um, but it definitely Definitely has a clear narrative um, and some so boo, (laughs) (laughs) some pretty classic horror elements as well, you know. Um, So I think it's a good. I think Bones and All it really hits that that middle ground really well. Um, So yeah, yeah. we're definitely going to talk about that Um, and cannibalism. And cannibalism. Yeah, that's what we're coming up to. We're going to talk about that. Really we're going to talk about cannibalism next, you guys. We already decided. Damn it. All right. So the word's out. So, um, uh, you know, get ready. Get your uh, uh, your bibs ready. <laughs> and your your favorite uh, A1 sauce. And we're going uh, to talk about eating things. 
yeah, ourselves, right. namely. Yeah, mostly people. Um. Mostly people. So stay tuned for next time. Um, but yeah, hell yeah. It's good to be back. 2023, the, the spookiest year of our Lord. Uh, <laughs> and we will, hey, we'll see you next time. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Enjoy those liminal spaces. Write them nice out. nice to each other, you know? Yeah. Damn Don't it. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Some of us had childhood trauma that is like <laughs> coming out hard, you know? Just be fucking nice. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. We'll see you next time for eating people. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.